This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. Welcome to a jam-packed NASCAR America Motorsports Hour. Jam-packed with the show and in the studio as well. Marty Snyder, Steve LaTart, Parker Klingerman, and you know them. But we saved the best for last. The newest member of our NBC Sports team, Danielle Trotta. Danielle, welcome to the team. We're excited to have you here on NASCAR America. Thanks. Good to be here, guys. Got welcome. some new teammates. Yeah. Everybody's been fun. nice so far, except LaTarte. we got to work on <laughs> Good luck. That's not yeah. That's all I'll say. Good luck. I, I was going to say, you're going to be hosting Victory Lap every Sunday yep. night. Are you realizing what you're going to get into with this crazy crew? Yeah, you have to keep Parker contained, and I think A.J. Allmendinger will be able to help me do that. Whoa, he said, what? listen to what he says, and nothing about what Parker says. A.J.'s already <laughs> gotten you, I can tell. He does. Yeah. It's just awesome. He got the jump on you. Uh, but give us a preview of Victory Lap. It's a little bit different on Sunday nights this year than it's been in years past. Yeah, so we wanted to advance things a little bit and really make the conversation about the fans. So all the coverage on NBCSN is about the fans, but this one's going to be interactive. So it's going to be really great. There's a great finish, an awesome pass, big moments. You guys want to talk about it? Give us a call live on the air. Tweet us. Parker and AJ can answer all your questions. Uh, so we want it to be really active interactive and have fun with it. It's going to be great. This sounds like, this sounds they are going to drive the show. <laughs> oh, I love it. for disaster. I can't. Yeah. Hey, I'm gonna, I can't That's going to be awesome. Anything is on offer. Yeah, anything. anything can happen. Steve's going to FaceTime in on the way to the airport, well, right? I, I'm not going to miss it. This I can't awesome. wait for that. <laughs> yes. All right, for today's NASCAR America, here's what we have on tap today. We'll check out some of the best New Hampshire moments. Steve, do I have to say New Hampshire? No, free pass. Okay, oh. just New Hampshire works. Lots fine. Uh, lucky dog is <laughs> IMSA legend Bill Oberlin will join us here in the studio. They race at Lime Rock Park this weekend. Parker will get not one, but two runs in the simulator today as we get you ready to see what happens next after that thriller of a finish in Kentucky. Speaking of Kentucky, your winner, Kurt Busch, he's a nominee for our Motorsports Star of the Week. You can choose right now. Go to NBCSports.com slash NASCAR vote. The other nominees, Cole Custer, who won last week at Kentucky in the Xfinity Series, Toronto IndyCar winner, Simon Pagano, and British Grand Prix winner, Lewis Hamilton. Again, go to NBCSports.com slash NASCAR right now to vote. We'll have our final results coming up later in the show. I don't know who you guys are going to go with, but I'm going to go with Simon Pagano. I mean, because I talked to him at Road America. He said, you know, winning the Indy 500 took more out of him and his team than I thought. Here they go back. And not only does he win at Toronto, he dominates the entire weekend. So I, Pagano gets my vote. That was impressive what they did last weekend. Oh, not me. I'm taking stone cold, cold custer. <laughs> the double beer celebration and then the fall from wait, the Wait, wait. Does he have another nickname now? He used to be Oh, no, no. Now That's his yeah. new cold? one now. If he's going to celebrate like this. Well, his run at Kentucky was impressive to outduel 
the uh, Christopher Bell to outduel Tyler Reddick. And then right here, it gets better. Yeah, all the there way it is. See, that's really I, why he gets your vote. I why. give him a 10 for the race, but like a 3 on the dismount. I flip it. Yeah. It's about a 7 for the race, a 10 for the dismount. <laughs> okay. And did it with confidence. I'll, I'll, I'll take yeah, it. That was I don't good. think he meant I, to do it, know, though. It's, it's now memorable. That's now right. Remember, that's right. right. Uh, I'm going with Kurt Busch because the guy has a knack for exciting finishes. He was part of that finish at Darlington many years ago. Ricky Craven. And this reminded me in that sort of essence of those two coming to line hitting each other off turn four. I love this finish. And you add in sort of the redemption from Daytona just a week yeah. earlier. Made that pit call, which Matt McCall did all those funny tweets about, and or that video about the funny tweets. And then to go back out there and win in that such a convincing fashion, that was cool. So I'm going to go with Kurt Busch. Mean tweets. I don't mean know. Marty, mean Marty's tweets. influencing yes. the vote a little bit. Simon oh, no. numbers I'm are going up. I'm telling you what they Parker did was impressive last week. It was. And, if, and so was what Lewis Hamilton did. If it was his dog, Rocco, He'd get my vote because okay. I love that little bulldog. Mm. But I'm going to go with Parker. Kurt Busch's Kurt, finish yeah. might be the best finish I've seen in over a decade. So it's I don't know. Awesome. How, yeah, I don't know how you top that one. That last restart was amazing. I don't know. It was it, incredible. We'll have another one like that with this weekend in New Hampshire. I'm not sure. Well, I mean, from the booth, it was. Uh, we didn't know. <laughs> We all try to talk at once, and then finally I just stopped talking. Yeah. I let the drivers handle it. It was outstanding. Well, the one thing I do know, it's, it's a busy weekend for all of us on the NBC Sports Motorsports team. Hey, everybody gets to play. Look at that, Parker. Yeah. The Cup Series, Xfinity Series, IndyCar going this weekend. IMSA, we also have some motocross going as well. I mean, it's going to be a jam-packed weekend. And somehow New Hampshire and Lime Rock will be the hottest over Iowa. I haven't figured that out. We'll get into the weather. I haven't gotten that far yet on how this, I mean, it's going to be 99 in New Hampshire on Saturday. It's crazy. Parker, it's the Northeast. You're responsible for the weather. I know. It's all my fault, I guess. I'm I'm learning everything's my fault here. Okay. You're catching on. I'm glad you're catching on then. It hasn't been this hot in the Northeast all summer, so they're certainly catching a heat wave, and that is one of the big storylines we are breaking down today, NASCAR America. Guys, it's going to be, as Marty said, well over 100 degrees inside these cars. Parker, as a driver, how concerned are you, and what can you do to combat the heat? So I think it depends on how well you've prepared, right, what you use inside the car. You know, you have people that use the cool suit, some that decide not to use the cool suit. Some use air conditioners. Some don't use Use the air conditioner because their crew chief, you know, they want to keep the weight down in the race car. So there's all different things. There's all different methods. Kyle Busch uses a lot of ice bags. I've personally used that myself. But there's no real way to prepare. When you have this kind of heat, you just have to almost convince yourself, okay, here's how long the race is. Here, Hopefully we have a good car because when things are going well, it's easier. But you worry about the guys having a bad day. The, the car that's not running well, they're 22nd place. They're struggling. That's when that heat seeps in and it mentally just breaks you down in so many ways. So uh, I will say, for once, I'm kind of happy not to be in the car this weekend. <laughs> and uh, I'll let the other guys, you know, take over for that. So, Well, I know if you're looking at your crew chief for help, you're not going to get much because we already have enough on our plates Thanks, in our mind. Way. It's up to you as the race car driver. You have to be prepared. You have to come up with a plan. Now, you can recruit the interior mechanic, whoever's responsible for the cockpit with you, and make sure they have what you may need on Sunday, whether it is those ice packs you mentioned or a towel, whatever type of things you think will help you stay cool but in the end the only thing I'm going to prepare myself for is to make sure I'm there to coach my driver down because it is a short track this argument goes to every driver but Martinsville there will be contact the restarts will be crazy it's already pressure packed 
And when you add the miserable interior temperatures of these race cars on top of it, I expect some very short fuses. And the right side window, which has never been mandated at New Hampshire until this year. So they have it at every track now. It's going to make it even hotter. And just to add on to that, car. it's been, you know that's been a discussion within right. the sport. I think for a lot of drivers is when we went to Sonoma, it yeah. was incredibly hot. And you also have that pan that we run underneath the engines now. We're running the engines hotter than ever. So all that hot air is, has nowhere to escape. So these cars, I mean, I burnt my foot at Daytona. I haven't done that in years because these cars are so incredibly hot now. Well, it's simple. Just go over to the thermostat, turn oh, it off about 15 more yeah. degrees. That's what's going <laughs> Yeah, I hear the pit box says ice cream, <laughs> hey, you know, Steve, delivery service. You While check you're your giving box. Parker snacks, with that right side window, how much hotter does that make the car than previous years? Well, basically, imagine this, right? Turn the heat on in your car and drive down the interstate. Roll one window down, two windows down. It feels like you have a little bit of cool air coming in. It's a little bit of relief. But when you put that right side window in, roll the windows up because even though the left side's open with that window net very little air gets in that and without the right side being open to kind of let the air move across the car it is completely stagnant it's like no breeze so i expect 10 perhaps even 15 degrees warmer inside the car with that window in well and tomorrow you and i are doing cut practice at new hampshire steve and i know our focus is going to be on the cut line and who's around it and who can make up some ground this weekend so check this out and the interesting thing i think there's some drivers in here that are pretty good at New Hampshire and can maybe make a move in the standings. Well, two things. There are drivers that are good at New Hampshire, and I believe anyone can have a shot to have a good day. I'm not going to say anybody can win. I think that discounts what New Hampshire brings for a facility. It's a very tough racetrack. But when I see how this race is going to run, track position, restarts, we've all said it. It wouldn't shock me. Ricky Stenhouse Jr., 19th. Daniel Suarez, 18th. Even Ryan Newman, 17th. Ryan Newman, perhaps more than anyone, is the best at keeping track position. A that's former a polite New way. Winner, yeah, right? that's, that's a polite a nice way of saying it's really tough to pass. He's wide on the racetrack. So when we talk about temperature, I love that these guys are in the red down here because, Parker, I expect the pressure from Newman, Suarez, and Stenhouse to be felt by the guys above the cut line. And you kind of mentioned, you know, with the strategies on offer, there's not a potential that Ricky Stenhouse is probably going to go win this race. Yeah, right. But there is a potential that he finds himself at the front at the end of a stage. And that's the thing that we're noticing in the sport right now, which is, you know, changing the mentality of how you view these races. We're not talking about top fives and top tens. We're talking about points earned. And that matters to this group right here. So if they can find a way to manipulate the strategy, to find themselves at the front with a stage, get those 10 points, that's huge, right? I mean, that's why we're seeing guys having such huge swings off of bad weekends because another one has great two stages plus a great finish, that's a huge point swing. So the pressure is really on these crew chiefs and these teams to really manipulate those strategies the best they can. And there's no more pressure than 15th. Jimmy yeah. Johnson. I was on Jeff Gordon's team in 2005 when Jeff Gordon missed the playoffs. By the way, that's the year I became crew chief because a crew chief change was made when the when Jeff Gordon missed the playoffs. Jimmy Johnson's never missed the postseason. He's a seven-time champion. Kevin Mendring on top of the pit box. I expected them to do more than what they are currently doing. No one wants to be on the 48 team that doesn't make the postseason. A lot of pressure on that race team. Well, you bring up a good point because that team had so much optimism yeah. going into Kentucky. Right, right. After Chicago, yeah. Daytona, it was like a, a new team. I went and talked to Kevin Mendering before the race, and, I mean, it was completely different to talk to them in Chicago. they were non-existent in the race. No. Non-existent. They had the tire go down, the record. I mean, it was terrible. It was just a bad event for them, and they got – they lost a lot of points. So that's a very good example of just one weekend can literally take a team from the positivity of what they had to being, okay, now we're back in the bubble. One weekend, one stage, and they can be outside. Yeah. They're only wow. 10 points in. That's a scary thought, isn't yeah. it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the season is going so fast. Only seven chances left to make the postseason. We're going to give you the five guys to watch coming up later in the show. We call Loudon a short track. Technically, it's not. IndyCar, though, is going short track racing this weekend at Iowa. Parker Kligerman getting you ready in the simulator. He's going to show us what drivers can expect. 
And the guy next to me is playing crew chief. Uh-oh. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Look out. During the month of May, we do a lot of hospital visits. I lost my dad to cancer. I decided to go to Riley Hospital here in Indy and entertain some kids. In one of those rooms, there's this girl. Her mom was standing beside her. She was asleep, I mean, sedated. I said, look, I don't know what you believe. My mother gave me this when I was eight years old to protect me, and I've been wearing it in my pocket ever since my entire career. Would you take this? get back to 2013 right first week of testing i get back to my boss and there is this big yellow envelope sealed with my name on it and so i open it yep there's a letter that was from the newest Latart on Location podcast with IndyCar legend Tony Kanan. It's available now wherever you download your podcast. I'm guessing one of your favorite yet. Oh, it, he was unbelievable. That story about his good luck charm uh, and, and receiving it back, was it gives me chills, again, hearing that story again. And just how candid he was about some major moments in his career in IndyCar. Um, we talk about the IndyCar split way back years ago. Talk about his success and some of his defeats at the Brickyard. I mean, his name is synonymous with the Indy 500, and I was shocked to learn how some of those Indy 500 slipped away. It's a, it's a much listen. I'm thankful for his time. It was great. We sat down. That was actually his owner. That was the A.J. Foyt Wine Vault in Indy. Wow. Who knew? Right in the shadows of the Speedway. So cool. Yeah, again, that's available wherever you download your podcast. Marty, you have another great story from this past weekend. <laughs> from Toronto, Robert Wickens before the race, hopping in an Aero Acura and using hand controls. Remember his accident at Pocono last year, coming up on the year anniversary of that. There's his fiance Carly, enjoying the ride. And I tell you what, Robbie did all he could to go pretty quick. And of course, the Toronto native, uh, the fans loving it, the Canadian going around the racetrack and you see the fans enjoying the moment and Robbie really enjoyed that. But this is the up and downs of trying to recover from an injury. He tweeted out yesterday that he had to have surgery on Wednesday to treat an infection. Happy to report that the surgery went well. No complications from that. He'll start a round of antibiotics and expects a full recovery. Of course, Iowa at IndyCar or IndyCar at Iowa this weekend, a race dominated last year by Joseph Newgarden, but one by James Hinchcliffe, IndyCar for, at, at Iowa is a 17-second lap, 185 miles an hour. Parker's going to take us for a few laps around Iowa in an IndyCar. So what kind of challenge is this place, Parker? Right, Marty. So this is kind of a bull ring for these guys, right? This is absolutely insane. They go around here flat out well above 170 miles an hour. Going to be at nighttime this year. There'll be a lot more grip than compared to last year. So we're coming to a restart here, and this is when it's really treacherous. When you're in dirty air around a bunch of cars, Trying to get going, oh, even just trying to get the power down off it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That almost just made this a very quick sim. But when you go up in the corners here, you know, you're depending on that downforce to be able to go flat out around here. But when you're in dirty air in these cars, they're so affected that you have to find ways to get clean air. Otherwise, you're just going to be lifting. And that's the thing I think is so exciting for these guys is that they're always searching for that clean air, trying to find the right lane. And it's a little different than NASCAR because it's about the ways that you go and find just being able to stay in the throttle. You might run higher, but it allows you to stay in that throttle. And you mentioned the lap time, 17 seconds. <laughs> I mean, I had the lap record here in a truck 
for a while. I don't know if I still have it, but it was it was like, a, I can't remember, something in the 20s. And now we go around here in 17 seconds. It just goes by so quick. It's absolutely insane to drive one of these around here. You know what I notice are the bumps in one and two. I mean, how tough is that? I see your steering wheel shaking every time. <laughs> I can see the, the front of the car shaking every time as well. Yeah, so we'll go hit the one up top. So there's a big one up top here that you want to avoid. Oh, no, I was with oh, the There it is. The yeah, well, I, was a little, I got a little tight. That wasn't good. That's, that's on driver. But yeah, you have those big bumps that are up there on the high side. And that just, in these cars, because they're so stiffly sprung that accept all that downforce, you, you just get so affected by those. And it, these cars are on such a knife edge at times, especially if you get any bit loose in IndyCar at Oval, it's a little move to the right of the wheel. You know, you see a big correction in a stock car, but in IndyCar, it's those little tiny movements that can make your heart start pounding. So it's definitely hard to avoid those. And I think, how many laps have we done already? I, we've been I, flying here. I, I don't know, but I do know as your crew chief, we're losing a lot of spots. So I, I want well, you to pick up the here because you're really disappointing me <laughs> right now. I mean, we have lost a couple of positions. You know, the one thing James Hinchcliffe told me about this, who won this race last year, is that you, you cannot lapse for a second in concentration. Do you feel that even in the sim that it's it's nonstop concentration at this place and the grip on the steering wheel you have to have? Oh, no doubt. Well, just think about how many cars I just passed now that I've been able to focus on it and not talk. <laughs> yeah. I think I've passed six cars. So that's, oh, wow, we're, we're three wide here for a second. This yeah. is tough. But yeah, that's the thing is that you can't, you can't give it a second because it's so quick. Everything happens so quick. It happens so fast. You know, in, in stock cars, we talk about Bristol being that for us, right? Where things happen so quick, you can, sometimes can't react to a wreck, a wreck that happens in front of you quick enough. And that's the thing that these guys fight, is that just everything is so quick, happens so fast. If something happens in turn three as you're diving off halfway down the backstretch, you're gonna be there in a split second. So you have to be able to react so quickly, and that's so tough. I also have to give a shout out to all the iRacers around the world who are joining us You're doing a fantastic thing. job. They do a you great job. Lead, by the way. I'm, I'm trying, <laughs> I'm going for it. And, I've got a little clean air here. This is good. So do me a favor. Can you run the Ryan Hunter Ray line here, which uh -oh. is the high line all the way around the racetrack? Can you I, make that happen? I can try. If I'm clear here, I think I'm clear. Oh, no, I'm not, no, clear. not clear. Not clear. Not Don't clear. Don't run the high line now. All right, we'll try it now. We'll try slide job this guy. No. Oh, no. Oh, Don't oh wreck. wow. Don't wreck. See, that would be a moment that would make your heart start pounding. Right, right. <laughs> right so there. next Thursday, NASCAR America is going to be one big all-star iRacing event. Tell us what's going to happen. Exactly. So we're actually going to have the best iRacers in the world from the top NASCAR series joining us here. Where they're going to be racing. It's going to be a timed uh, race within the show. The whole thing is going to be live. You're going to be able to view it. We're going to have a pre-race show. And as I go into the wall oh. here, a post-race show. Happened? And hopefully, hopefully they don't do this. You just destroyed my car. I did, yes. Sorry, crew chief. Is this the worst wreck you've ever had, Parker? That's one of the scariest, for okay. sure. I, I'm yeah. still running somehow, okay. a little bit. See how but that yes. can happen quick here? Exactly. Well, you know what? Next week, though, you're going to see some of the best Irish in the world, and they probably won't do that. Okay. Well, hopefully they won't do that next Thursday, right? Exactly. And exactly. coming up, we'll be talking New Hampshire, right? Yes. We're going to talk New Hampshire coming up in a little bit. That's where the cup cars will be this weekend. And we'll also talk about the most wild moments at the Magic Mile. That's next. Sunday's race at New Hampshire. Stay with us here on NBCSN for the season premiere of Victory Lap. You can call us with your questions about the race, so make sure you tune in Sunday, 
7 p.m. Eastern. I'll be here for you. Parker Kligerman, yep. AJ Allmendinger. It's going to be quite the crew, and we want you guys to call us live on the air. Tweet us. Tell us your thoughts about the race. Exactly. You guys drive the show. That's right. You tell us what to talk about. And Latart can FaceTime, call in. You know the hotline number. You have, like, the secret number. Uh, I was going to say, I right hope through. I get the direct line because I'm calling. Now, we're going to put them on hold. Phone. Just put them on hold for a while. <laughs> and leave them. And just make them listen <laughs> right. to the entire show. Uh, so, on this show, guys, we are getting you ready for Loudon coming up on Sunday. And it has been a pivotal racetrack throughout NASCAR's history. Here are top five of the wildest moments at New Hampshire. Number five. It's actually two races. Fall of 2010, Tony Stewart runs out of fuel, giving Clint Boyer the win. And the following year, it's the other way around, guys. Boyer gets the edge. And I expect it to look a lot. On yeah, I was going to say, I expect it to look a lot like this this year. I hear a lot of drivers and crew chiefs talking about how you save fuel. Track position is so important. Restarts, always crazy. This one takes the cake. 2009, when a little too far, field stacks up. Multiple cars get collected here. Well, the fuel's on me. This is on you, driver. <laughs> this is on us. Yes, this is uh, what you call a parking lot at some point here. You know, in skiing, they have like the tag sale or whatever when you lose all your skis or anything. This is the parking lot version for race car drivers because that's nowhere to go. Number three, Robbie Gordon, Michael Waltrip. Can't forget this one, the battle in 2005. Gordon lost that battle and he wasn't <laughs> so happy about it. So, this would never happen Well, today. this is the first attempt. So he tries to, to reverse that car there and then it's, Okay, that will, yeah, that will show him. All that really does is damage your helmet. Yeah. You gotta buy a new helmet. Number two, didn't have to go far for this one. The bump and run last year from Kevin Harvick on Kyle Busch. I was in the booth for this one. I think we all saw it coming, even Kyle Busch. I think you said, you know, Parker, he expected it. He knew it was coming, and for the year that Kevin Harvick's having, same position this year, I expect the same results. I expected a Kyle Busch blow up. We didn't have it No. Maybe this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Number one, 2003. This crash involving our very own Dale Jarrett ended what had been the tradition of racing back to the line during a caution flag. Guys, this yellow really changed the sport forever. For a lot of ways, it obviously made it a safer sport there. As you see them racing past Dale Jarrett, they're sitting in the track. Jimmy Johnson goes on the win, but for what this meant for the sport to say, okay, no longer are we going to be racing back to the line for a caution. When the caution comes out, we freeze the field from your position around loops on the track, and that's how we're going to go under caution. So simple, yet so much better for safety. Exactly. One of the best rules they've made. Yeah, now when the yellow comes out, nobody's racing anywhere You're for done. the time being. Uh, when we get to racing Sunday afternoon, guys, here are five drivers to watch, and we know it's all about the points battle with just seven regular season races left. Let's start with Martin Truex, solidly in with four wins so far this year. Hard to believe, though, he doesn't have a cup career win at Loudoun. Well, it's shocking when you look at his numbers as far as laps, led, stages, one. He's always up front there, but they have seemed to find a way to lose this race definitely more than they've ever won it. You know how difficult this racetrack is, Parker, to close the deal. It is such a short race, and just when you think things are going your way, it goes away. And that's what's happened to this was the 78, now the 19 team. They have never found a way to quite capitalize. And this is one of his, like, nine home tracks, so I think he'd want to <laughs> win here, right? But I think, you know, you, bet, you said it well, is that this is a short race. It's really hard. It's very easy to lose uh, pace for the track, right? Yeah, in terms yeah. of adjustments, in terms of what you're doing in the car, you don't get a lot of opportunities. So you can be a car that's very dominant early on, not just miss your adjustments by a little bit. Another car makes big swings. They get ahead of the track, and they go on to pass you for the win. So I think that's sort of what's haunted this, at least is this driver and, t and crew chief, now a new team, over the past few years in terms of at New Hampshire. Yeah, Daniel, think about this. He's led 100 laps in four of the last five races. So he's been yeah, up front. He just hasn't led the right lap. No. Yeah, that makes a big difference. He wants that lobster. Okay, how about another <laughs> guy that wants one? Has three or 
three career wins at Loudoun, Kevin Harvick, but none this year. And I know we keep asking, when's the weekend he's going to do it? All right, trivia question. Laps okay. top five for Kevin Harvick. How many? How long ago? Oh, uh, Dover. Dover in May. Can you May. believe it's been that long? This yes. is a team that has been, I'm talking red hot, not for a year, not for two years. This team has been red hot since the combination of Kevin Harvick and Rodney Childers. All the way back in 2014-15, this team has been the team to beat. This year, though, something is missing. He hasn't had that top five. He won this race a year ago, though. The question is, is this the week? I don't think so. When I look at Kevin Harvick, his car control, his success at the flat tracks, a ton of downforce, back to 750 horsepower. I just don't think this falls in his wheelhouse. Well, this has been, I feel like, a broken record, right? Every, I feel like every week we're having the same discussion. When will Kevin Harvick and the four team win? And, you know, I think he had interesting comments. It was basically a month ago about how he felt like Stuart Haas had maybe gone a different direction with their cars beginning of the season. And now we're sort of finding their footing again. You were starting to see the performance on the racetrack. And I spoke to his crew chief, Rodney Childers, this past weekend just about, you know, the frustration for the race team. And you could sense the frustration in terms of that if you – they felt like they had the fast enough cars. They had everything in place. They just can't seem to find the execution to win a race. And, I, you know, for as you said, for a team that has been so incredibly successful for so many years, you know at this point, this far into a season, it has to be eating away at them. And you, you get that sense in talking to them. So I think they just feel like every week, whether it's their best shot or not, it's just, we need to win this race. Well, and no race is going to be more difficult, Daniel, because remember, it's only 300 miles. So execution is going to be under the microscope. Very few pit stops. Uh, normally, very few restarts in the middle of the race. We get a lot late. So you're going to have to execute. If you trip up, no time to recover. Yeah, and that pit crew, it's been hit or miss, too, for the four team. We'll see what they have on Sunday. How about Larson? His teammate, Kurt Busch, gets the big win last week. And that was the first for Ganassi all, you know, all season. What do you think his teammate? What can Larson do? Well, I think this is a very – I got to speak to Kyle Larson after the race, and that was a really cool move he did there with Kurt where he actually pushed him pat up to the lead on that late, late race restart almost like it was a super speedway. I mean, that was just one of the coolest moves I've seen in a while. But then I spoke to him after the race, and you could tell there was excitement for Chip Ganassi Racing, but disappointment in, in his eyes of when are we going to win, right? Where, where's our win coming? Where are we going to – how are we going to find this? And you look at the early season where they were snake bit and it was all luck issues, right? And they were having all the issues. And now there's definitely the performance in the race team. Kurt's in that one car proving that the performance is there. So where's the Kyle Larson that's going to go out and dominate a race using the high lane, finding a way to just dominate everyone and get that first win of the season? And I just – I don't see this weekend being it. But I know that this team definitely feels like at least the speed is there. Well, we disagree. I think this is Do the week. Kyle so? Larson's going to be the winner this week for one reason one reason okay. only. 40 Proven. points he's yep. gained on the bubble in the last five races. I think the pressure is a little off. Nobody ever wants to talk about points until you don't have them. And I'm going to tell you the 42 felt the pressure. I think the one winning has put the right kind of pressure, almost is going to convince Larson that the equipment can win. And I think now that he isn't counting points – Look, he's a dirt guy. He likes features. A mains, 30 laps at a time. It's a short race. It's right this in his it. wheelhouse. There you go. Kyle Larson, victory lane. That's my pick. All right, Parker. All right. Agree to disagree. Tell me what you think about this guy. I am so worried about Boyer oh, because man. all year they've had the speed. SHR trying to close the deal, and he doesn't have enough of a points cushion to have too many more bad weekends. Well, because they had that series of just bad weekends. They fell out of a great position, the points, all the way to being close to the bubble. And then I spoke to him before Kentucky this past weekend, and he just rambled on, as he does for 
like two and a half minutes about all the things that have to go right and what he felt like he couldn't get any worse and it couldn't be, there's no way things are going to be worse than they were. And then they had a great Kentucky race. And, you know, they were in contention there. They've used some strategy to get to the lead. He did a great job of holding off some far faster cars for a while. And I think that just drove a bunch of positivity in this race team to get them away from that. I think it was three races in a row where they had horrible finishes. So that this race team needed that. Well, they needed that because of the guy behind him, Eric Jones on that playoff leaderboard. Eric Jones is on a hot streak. I know last year he won Daytona. That's the ultimate hot streak. That's the golden ticket into the playoffs. But I, there's something about we sat down with Eric all the way back in Chicago when the NBC took over, and he had this – Sense of comfort, I was unexpected. I, I didn't expect to have it, right? He felt that his cars were getting better, that his cars drove great. They just had to execute that word that keeps coming up. I think that that peace of mind, that little bit of calm, is making that 20 more dangerous for the folks in front of him, including Clint Boyer. When I look at Eric Jones and New Hampshire, this is a place he's had a lot of success in his NASCAR career. You can't really only look at Cup, but in Xfinity car, trucks, he's always run well there. Question is, can that move over to the cup side? We'll see. The yeah. internal pressure amongst that race team, you know, must be great. Well, so. especially for this guy, because all yes. three of his teammates at Joe Gibbs Racing have found victory lane. He's the lone wolf and mm -hmm. sitting in that final spot, uh, spot 16 on the playoff grid. Coming up, Ken Squire shows us the rich history of racing in New England. And we'll visit Connecticut as our 50 states in 50 days tour continues. Stay tuned. What's up, race fans? It's Chris Ravel. I'm over here at Attica Raceway Park tonight in Attica, Ohio. This is where I grew up racing sprint cars and cutting my teeth. Tonight I'm in the Swindell Speed Lab. Here you go, you can see it. Swindell Speed Lab number 39, World of Outlaws Sprint Car. We're racing against the World of Outlaws. It's going to be tough competition, but I love coming out here and dirt track racing. Hashtag my track, my roots. Well, Steve, unfortunately for Christopher Bell, Attica was canceled because of rain. He says that's 12 of about 25 dirt races that have been canceled on him. But he is not deterred because tonight he's racing at Thunder Road in Vermont. I love it, Steve. This whole campaign's been so much fun. Not only to talk about, but to see in action has been so cool. Yeah, the idea is very simple, right? The campaign's all about social. Go somewhere, tweet about it, let us know yep. what, where you're at, what you're seeing on the racetrack. And we have seen some great tweets. Yeah, including you, right? You got, you got in action on the Twitter I did. this past week talking about My Track, My Roots, the campaign there. Where I, are you? I did. This is Millbridge Speedway back in North Carolina. Interesting. It's a little dirt track. They run winged outlots. The top right picture it's hard to see right there that's Kenny Francis former crew chief that's his son going to victory ah. lane in a 250cc dirt cart a fabricator for Hendrick Motorsports also runs there great short track action great place to bring the family kind of cool Ryan Priest got in on the action as well he's talking about his uh, double action this weekend one more from the local short tracks there's Bobby Jones with a big win how about that? Well, there you go. There's a modified 75 lapper. That's a love big, that. That's, love like, that. that's like an A plus main from your local short track. You mentioned Priest. Yeah, he is, is known from the modifieds. Well, when we go back to New Hampshire, I don't know how five, six, I'm seven races this shocked weekend. He's going to run the doubleheader this week. There's a lot. He's going to have a blast, Ryan Priest. And it's just not the local short tracks. It's great yep. to see the big teams support yep. this as well. Spire Motorsports, the Cinderella story from Daytona. They won in the rainout. 
where they're going to run the my track my roots hashtag on their car this weekend i think that's great i think it's awesome quinn half running that and it's real simple as steve said go to a local short track tell us your story use the hashtag my track my roots of course this weekend the cup and xfinity cars are headed to new hampshire steve knows how big local short track racing is up in the new england area and it's also near and dear to the heart of our very own ken squire Welcome to New England, six states nestled in the Northeast that act as one region and since the turn of the century has been the center of American sports. The Bruins, the Celtics, the Red Sox, and Patriots have won a combined 12 championships in the new millennium. New England's love affair with sports dates back even further, and that includes a rich history of stock car racing. Names like Ralph Moody, Pete Hamilton, Ron Bouchard, Mike Stefani, and Ricky Craven created some of NASCAR's most magical moments. And in recent years, Ryan Priest has quickly gone from modified champion to Xfinity Series winner to Cup Series regular. But perhaps the driver that represents this region better than anyone is Middletown, Connecticut's Joey Logano, a young prodigy who became a teenage phenom and eventually New England's first ever Cup Series champion. In New England's eyes, he surely is the best thing since life's bread. You are the man. And what about the places where they race? New England's packed with scores of local tracks, from Stafford Springs, Connecticut, to Seacon, to Thompson, to Oxford Plains, Maine, to a place that's near and dear to my heart, Thunder Road in Vermont. You win here and you just might receive a kiss from a genuine Vermont beauty. But the crown jewel of New England racing can be found in the town of Loudoun, New Hampshire. Nicknamed the Magic Mile, this gem of a track has separated itself from other venues, particularly for its Victory Lane celebration. Now, if you're fortunate enough to take the checkered flag, you'll receive, fresh from the Atlantic Ocean, a giant lobster. Now, who wouldn't want that? Well, maybe this guy. So settle in, keep your beverages cold and that clam chowder hot. This is NASCAR in New England, and you're in for a wicked good time. It's good stuff right there. Our 50 states in 50 days tour continues next stop. Stafford Motor Speedway Connecticut. in Connecticut. First opened in the 1870s, Stafford hosted horse racing before race cars took over following World War II. The late Ted Christopher is fondly remembered at Stafford. His 131 track wins are the most all time. Incredible. And six of those wins, Parker, came at the Spring Sizzler, also most all time. Several more big names from NASCAR also won Stafford's signature events. As for Stafford's local racing, highlighted by the SK Modifieds created by late track owner Jack Root Sr. during the 1980s. All right, Connecticut native, Connecticut yes. boy, which track is your home? Well, I know we have so many great short tracks like Stafford here in Connecticut, but one, the track that's near and dear to my heart is Lime Rock Park. 
and it's where I drove a race car for the first time as a young 15-year-old, didn't even have my driver's license. It was a downpour when I did the race, and I actually lapped the field up to third place, which was pretty cool. Let's just, you know, put that little just humble brag in there. In there. Uh, but, yeah, that's it's just near and dear to my heart, and now I'm actually going back there. There's the podium finish from that weekend. I'm, I'm quite young there. I think Is that you? Know. That's me, yes. So much so, more hair, Parker. I know. I was starting to do the Bieber look. But, no, it's just it's a place I love going to. It's one of the most beautiful uh, road courses we have in America. It's a very fast road course. It's a very cool road course. And uh, looking forward to going to IMSA this weekend so I can go kind of revisit my roots a little bit. My was, track, my roots, right? Uh, yeah, I was going to say, it's just around the corner. And yep. Parker will be there. We hope you join us. Connecticut's Lime Rock Park is hosting IMSA this weekend. Marty is with someone who looks to contend for the win. And he's one of the 50 greatest drivers in IMSA history. He's voted that way, Bill Arberlin. That's, that's a daunting way to be introduced, yeah, isn't it? That's <laughs> pretty cool, though. That's really it? good. Yeah. It is good, though. So Lime Rock, so Parker was talking about it right there. You described it to me as a bull ring for a road course. So describe to us the challenge of Lime Rock this weekend. How crazy is it? It's all right-hand turns, one tiny left, some fast corners, some really slow ones, and you do this every 50-something <laughs> seconds. So it is go, go, go. You have no time to rest. You're gonna, everybody's going to probably overheat this weekend. It's going to be super hot. Yep, yep. There's no airflow through the cars going that slow. And if you don't melt out of the car and you manage to claw your way to the front, you're going to be on the podium. So does it race like a road course or a short track? Uh, both? A little bit of both. <laughs> okay. That downhill is a road course and the rest is short track and it is, you focus on this guy's bumper and you wonder how am I going to claw my way around it and sometimes you got to move people out of the way on this track. Alright, so I want to ask you about your season. You're coming off the big win at Cana Canadian Tire Motorsports Park, podium at Watkins Glen, but when you, you and I talked in Sebring in March, you were miserable. Like it, nothing was going right for your race team. How did it turn around for you guys? Wasn't mi I'm never miserable going <laughs> in because I think we have a chance right. to win every right. race. Uh, a car's been a rocket ship. Our BMW M6 has been like top of the field in almost every race. Yeah. No luck, no luck, no luck. And it turns in Watkins Glen. We get on that podium. We should have won. Right. We get to Watkins Glen. We win. Uh, everything's turned around. I think we're, we're looking a lot better. Now, we all of a sudden are tied for third, yeah. right behind second, and I got my eye on that uh, that leader in the championship, and we got enough races to go get him. i tell you another thing you might have your eye on. So you're one win away from tying Scott Pruitt for all-time wins in class. So walk me through that. Is that. Has that been a focus of yours, saying I've got to get past Pruitt to be the all-time winningest driver, or has that not been much of your focus? Are you more focused on the championship? You know, it, it wasn't a focus until somebody said, do you know you're almost the most winningest sports car driver in history? <laughs> and then it became the sole focus, and I think that takes away from what your job is to do, which is get podiums, get points, win this championship. Uh, and, and I think it sort of led us a little bit astray early in the season. Now, Will Turner, my team owner, said, let's focus on the championship. We switched gears, and immediately the results start coming much easier. But come on, you want to pass Pruitt, right? You want to, of course. <laughs> you, who doesn't want to be the all-time winningest driver, right? I mean, just to, can you imagine to be, even be compared somewhere in there with these names, like Peter Greggs and Al Holberts and Jeff yeah. Brown? These are historical names. So to be on the top of this list, uh, that's a true honor, I'll tell you. So Lime Rock's a little bit different. It's just going to be GT cars this weekend. So it'll be you guys in the GTD class. The GTLM will be there as well. How different is it when the prototypes are not there because they're so much faster than you guys? I'm sure that's a different ball game for you this weekend versus a normal weekend. Normal weekend, those prototypes are now so fast that when they catch you, we have all kinds of um, computer systems in the car that alert us that they're coming. We have radar systems that show arrows and light things up. Yeah. They catch you just from one turn to the next, and they're there. 
now that's gone. Now it is in the RLL, the team I used to race for, yeah. uh, Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan. Yeah. Their motto is focus forward. It's all about looking forward, looking at that bumper that you're going to get by to get to the next one, to get to the next one. Only class faster is GTLM. We're almost the same speed, so this is going to be really tough racing between them and us. But you have a chance to get on the top step of that podium and be the overall victor. All right, so you've been through this a number of times, but it's going to be 90 plus, 99 degrees, or maybe call them for Saturday. How are you dealing with that? How are you getting ready for that? those kind of temperatures in the race car? Well, something new has happened to me. I'm okay. from California. All right. I just moved to Arizona. <laughs> uh, and so you're used to the heat. This is getting better. I'm now training and running, and it started at 88 degrees in June. Now it's July, 105, 106, now 110, 113. I'm used to it. Okay. The humidity Good. is going to be tough, yeah, right? Okay. This is where, see, it's going to be a perfect day. 95, 96, high humidity. The fans need to come out. What they're going to experience, if they've never been different than NASCAR, different than Formula One, they get to get right next to the cars. That's they get cool. to talk to the drivers. We even put the kids in the cars. These are the highest tech sports cars in the world, and they get to get right next to them. And the paddock is always open. Paddock is open. People are open. Everybody's yeah. fun. Best of luck this weekend Thank at Lime you. Rock. Have some fun, okay? Thank you. Maybe Thank you'll you. catch Pruitt and pass him, you know? That could happen this weekend at Lime Rock. Always great to chat with Bill Alberlin. And as we mentioned, the cup car is headed to New Hampshire this weekend. The heat will be there as well. So you want to see Parker sweat in the simulator? We all do, don't we? That's coming up next. All right, so we mentioned the Cup cars, Xfinity Series cars, Danielle. They're in New Hampshire this weekend. 99 on Saturday, Woo. 96 on Sunday. We'll get to the heat in a moment. For yeah. now, Parker, who absolutely destroyed our IndyCar yeah. a moment ago, is going to try not to destroy our Cup Series car. Walk us through a lap here at New Hampshire, Parker. Well, I just got a nice black flag there trying to cut the pit. So it's off to a great hey, start. Sure, similar. You can get a black flag. I know. Apparently, I still can. That's, okay. I don't know how that's possible. Nonetheless, we're at New Hampshire. They got the high downforce, 750 horsepower this weekend. And one of the first things I've noticed is how late you can get on the brakes. You normally had to get on them pretty early, let the car roll. But with all this downforce, it's becoming pretty apparent you can get on them very late, roll a ton of speed to the center, and then back in the throttle sooner. So they're just going to make these straightaways even longer, approaching 150, 160 miles an hour. And then you just slam that brake and get on the throttle very hard coming out of the throttle, out of the corners. We'll see where they have that sticky stuff. That always kind of moves the groove around a little bit. But this place, it's one of those places you get, oh, no, I'm getting slight. Oh, I saved it. Look at that. Well, that's Look a at that time because, Parker, this really isn't how it's going to be this week. Yeah, you're not what? giving us to feel the heat. Do you mind stopping real quick? What? And what? Uh, Yeah, we, we need we to, need to we need yeah. adjust your settings. And since there's really no heat in the simulator, yeah. uh, we, we brought needed a few to make things it more for realistic, you. So, yeah, Parker. let's put on the jacket. Oh, what? Put on the jacket, oh, yeah. No. We're going to try to simulate 100-degree temperatures. Inside the all right, all right, I'm, I'm so, down, I'm down. I can deal with this. We really wanted a hair dryer yeah. um, well, this so well. This, this, oh, oh, I've got a hat too, okay. Yeah. All right, and a, so. And a toboggan. Yeah. This, oh, this is there interesting. Yeah. Can you see? All right. So, I'm not warmer. Sure, yeah, I'm not sure this is exactly what I had in mind for it being hot. <laughs> yeah. It's actually just hard to do anything right here okay. with this jacket. Um, I think this does change it. There's no doubt about that. It changes my ability to uh, steer. Okay, jacket steer. aside, talk yep. about the heat and what a sincere factor that's going to be for the driver this weekend, especially with the right side window like we talked about. They've never run it here at New Hampshire before. It's just, it's hard to explain what heat does to you and why it's so different than it did in the past, but 
you know, maybe it's 20, maybe it's 30 degrees higher than it's been the past that right side window and some of the aerodynamics that we have in the cars now underneath the engine, how hot we run the engines, yep. but it just feels like you're cooking. And that's the best way to explain it. And it's fine maybe when you're having a good day, but it's on those bad days, the days that you're struggling. If it's very hot and you have someone that's struggling, it just seeps into your mind. It, it mentally breaks you down. And you just at sometimes turn to yourself and go, I'm just really, really warm. And you know what? I'm getting warm right now. So <laughs> this on. is actually comes. I am getting warm. Steve, how you feeling on the pit box there? Do you, A, uh, how much con how much concern do you have for your driver over there on the he pit box? He looks really Listen, concerned. <laughs> this is the beauty of the pit boxes. I'm over, basically on vacation up here. But on a serious note, my role is going to be this. I have to stay relaxed, stay cool, because I'm the guy on the radio that can keep my heated, short-tempered driver relaxed over 300 laps. Uh, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, driver just got in another wreck. I just got some damage, and it's all your fault. He's Cucci. overheating. It's not his fault. <laughs> He's no, overheating it's, yet. It's definitely his fault. He was talking in my ear. That's his fault. That's, I'm blaming him. That's pretty normal. Do you care, crew chief, about your driver? I mean, you do care, right? But it's not your job to make him comfortable. What do we always say? It's not a ride contest. It's what? It's not a contest of how well the car drives. It's how fast it can make a lap. And unfortunately for Parker, it's obviously not my responsibility on how cool it's inside that car either. <laughs> oh, Parker, oh. on your own, my man. 140 degrees in the car. You're on your own. I know. You know, the thing is, they cook things at these temperatures that these these drivers will be experiencing this weekend. Literally, they cook chickens, they cook steaks. You are cooking inside these race cars. It's so brutal. I just, uh, as I said earlier in the show, I'm, it's one of the few times in my life I'm happy to not be in the car this weekend. Parker and, uh, destroyed, have some clean air. you destroyed our Indy car. Yeah. You've only damaged our cup car, but at least it's not completely destroyed. So It's been an expensive day. I wonder how warm you are, though. I'm very warm. Actually. I was so, going to say, it gives new meaning to <laughs> the yep. term shake and bake, right? Oh, very good. <laughs> oh, very Still, good. And I'm not done. I'm not done. Still more to come on NASCAR America. Don't forget to vote in our motorsports. Star of the week. You can go to NBCSports.com slash NASCAR votes and choose from your nominees. Kurt Busch, Cole Custer, Simon Pagino, and Lewis Hamilton. We'll reveal the results coming up next. Stay with us. It's NASCAR America live on NBCSN. said booyah KU Bush <laughs> I think that was the line it was about that time we're ready to finalize our poll results for motorsports star of the week who's what? the winner guys we got Wow, it's little bit of, I'm going to call that a little bit of an upset. No, no, the Latard influence. No, listen, you what? celebrate with two beers, you should automatically win. <laughs> what about if you celebrate with two beers and you fall off the car? Well, it's instant. I oh, okay, won. then the instant winner, Cole <laughs> so Custer. He, he got it. 
Yeah. Wow. All right, time for our New Hampshire good picks. Good Who's going to win this weekend? Steve, we'll start with, uh, well, actually, you know what? Let's start with oh, ladies, ladies first. Oh, ladies first. What and a gentleman, British Marty. Open, round one. <laughs> ladies have the tee box first. Danielle. Okay, uh, so I'm going to try to hit a hole in one here. Low-hanging fruit, it's Kyle Busch. It's got to be. Oh, yeah. He's won four races this year, three-time Loudon winner. JGR so good at that track. And Kurt Busch, big brother, got the best of little brother. I don't think that sat too well with Kyle. So he'll be extra rowdy, I think, on Sunday. Not, not a bad pick. I like that. Well, like I'm going to stick with Kyle's. Well, I was going to go in fantasy order, and you're second in our fantasy league, so you can go next. Oh, I can't? Oh, yeah, okay. so but I'm ahead of you next. two then. You're ahead right. of us two, yes. Kyle Larson, I picked him earlier. I like the run that Chevrolet is on. We had Chip Ganassi go back to victory lane with Kurt Busch. As I mentioned, he's more comfortable above the cut line than he's ever been. I think it's that time Kyle Larson goes victory lane. Guess who's next to last in our fantasy league? All right. So that means I go next. I'm six. So I'm going to go Brad Keselowski this weekend. I feel like the short track program at Team Penske for the two team has been excellent. I'm going to go Keselowski this weekend. You're 11th, so you may go next. Well, this guy will be on my fantasy <laughs> team, and he will also be the winner of the race. And that is Kevin Harvick because mostly he's as tired as we are about talking about when will the four team win. So they're going to do it this weekend so that this time next week, I don't have to have the same discussion of saying, when will Kevin Harvick win? win? And I look forward to that. Or will Parker still be in the basement of our fantasy league? That's the other yes. thing wow, that's, have to have. That's, that's, be that that's a definite the case. That's for and sure. And, of course, victory lap coming up Sunday night with you guys where yep. we'll talk all about it. Parker will be there as well. We'll take your phone calls, your emails, all of that as well. It's been fun to have you around, Danielle. Thanks, and guys, looking forward to Sunday. Had a lot of fun. It's going to be a blast. And we're looking forward to this weekend from New Hampshire, Iowa, Lime Rock, everywhere. We'll be everywhere. Steve and I go to work tomorrow to Hampshire. We'll see you then with all the live racing action. Can't wait to get this weekend kicked off. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability.